don't touch the fucking cucumbers. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. If you're into baking, it's kind of passion. Man, don't you keep up with current events? Weed ain't illegal no more, nigga. Wikipedia says weed is still illegal. I want my weed. Sparking up a J. Lighting, lighting up a J. Yep, that's pot, all right. Bowlafterbowl.com. Bowlafterbowl.com. That's right, bowl We're back. Another Tuesday. Token Tuesday. And uh, you are in the bowl. That's right, it is June 29th, 2021. And uh, you're hanging out with us. It's another beautiful Tuesday. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And we're bringing to you episode 90 of Bowl After Bowl. Featuring our tiny wolf cub. That's right, little John is again in the studio with us. Just hanging out. Being cute. Doing what he does. Eating, sleeping, pooping. Yeah. That's the life. Yeah, it must be fucking nice, right? Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Yeah, must be nice. Hey, you know what was nice? We had a great talk last Friday night with Illuminatia. Yes, we uh, did. On our most recent Bowls with Buds episode. So you can check that and all the other Bowls with Buds interviews out at bullswithbuds.com. It was a great one. And I want to thank Booberry again for coming in clutch with a uh, uh, clean feed pro login the last minute. I did get a mix minus setup back and running again. So awesome. Seemed like the USB input that I had for the mix minus was just shoot, just shot somehow, some way. Don't know. Yeah, everything was fine Tuesday, right? Uh, well, well on Tuesdays we don't use it. Right. Sorry, my bad. So it was kind of when I went on uh, behind the schemes, and then the last misinformation that I did. Anytime I'm a guest, that's when I'm using the mix minus and. Couldn't really get the mix minus to work, so we had to run the regular output with a repair on it, <laughs> mm. which removes the kickback, the echo that you normally hear when you don't have a mix minus. But hey, none of that's uh, relevant anymore because, you know, we got through it. We got the uh, part shipped and we got it plugged in. How nice. It's actually, uh, for those interested, this quarter inch cable goes straight into a USB, so that's kind of interesting. So there's just like... Not a bunch of different parts that can fail. It's just one part. It's nice. Pretty good. Anyway, hey, we like to start the show off uh, by thanking everybody who helps us produce it. We are a Value for Value podcast, so Bold After Bold would not be possible without everybody that comes and makes it happen, who donates their hard-earned time, talent, and treasure to making the show possible. Uh, and we do want to start off by thanking... Our top ex- uh, executive producer tonight, Farmer Todd, who came in with a donation of 963. 963. And his note says, There is no such thing as a meat farm. You heard it from Farmer Todd. He's the expert. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you for the value for value. We appreciate that. And 
the one and only Mr. John Fletcher coming in with his monthly stone nation of 420. Spark one up. Thank you, Fletch. Ooh, thanks, Fletcher. We sparked one up. We sparked one up in your honor. So we appreciate that. Uh, all of those donations do help uh, keep us afloat, keep us going, keep the servers paid for, the nodes running, all that good stuff. We also are on the podcasting 2.0 angle, and you can stream sats to us if you're using any of the sat-enabled podcast apps, uh, CurioCaster, PodFriend, Sphinx, Chat, a lot of different apps that are uh, currently enabling lightning payments as you stream the show. And you can find all the different Podcast 2.0 compliant apps if you go to newpodcastapps.com and uh, try our Sphinx Chat uh, tribe out too. If you're on Sphinx, you can go to tribes.sphinx.chat. They really got the Sphinx tribe rocking. We got it rocking in there. So you can join 420 sats to join. And that, of course, helps us keep you bringing the show, uh, keep bringing you the show, I should say. Thanks to Sir Omaha, too, for uh, sending me that first ISO I used in the opening. If you're into baking, it's kind of passion. It's pretty good uh, baking <laughs> ISO from the Podfather. Great one. So that's another way, you know, time and talent are a great way to also provide value back to us if you enjoy the show if it gives you something to look forward to on tuesday nights we just want to be a little place where you can un uh, relax unwind kind of be yourself hang out escape your day that kind of good stuff have fun exactly well friends here in the bowl it's time to relax and uh you can even participate in all these different ways one of the ways is uh streaming sets we had over five thousand sats over the last week so um the sats and the um, the treasure has been down over the last couple of weeks, uh, but it seems to always balance out. There's more uh, of the talent coming in, as I said with the with the ISO and also with the voicemails. We've had a lot of voicemails lately. Every week we have a first time I ever topic where we choose some kind of topic, and uh, we ask our listeners to call in, tell us about the first time you ever fill in the blank. Well, this week's blank. Is the first time I ever lied to my parents. Should be a fun one. So uh, if you would love to leave a voicemail, all you got to do. Call 816-607-3663 and the play of And even if you're voice shy, you can always text in that same number, 816-607-3663, 816-607-DOOF, and uh, your text will be read on the air, or your voicemail will be played on the show. And we do that in the second half of the show when we go behind the curtain. All for you, the bowlers out there. So, all these different things that we do, and you can always play a part, play a role, and uh, jump on board. So, uh... Now that we've talked about value for value, thanked all of our peoples. Um, I guess, a, well, go ahead. I was going to say it's a good thing you got that cable to get your mix minus right because we have another lovely guest coming in the bowl with us for another Bowls with Buds this Friday. That's right. Yes, we will be joined by the lovely Carolyn Blaney of Hog Story fame. And we're very excited to sit down and talk to her. We had a. Uh, Fletcher and Carolyn together on a Bulls with Buds episode. Again, you can always find all of these at bullswithbuds.com. It'll send you to all of the interview shows. But um, we wanted to get them on individually, you know, 
uh, talk to them one-on-one and get a little more in-depth with each of them. So Carolyn's next, uh, and then we'll have Fletcher upcoming. I know he's a busy guy. He's looking for an apartment right now. He's in the middle of a move. So we're going to get him alone on a future Bulls with Buds as well. If you're interested or you know somebody interesting who might want to appear on Bulls with Buds, you can always email us. Uh, My email address is spencer at bowlafterbowl.com. And mine is Lorian at bowlafterbowl.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E-N. Yeah. And I wanted to say thank you to Booberry and Lavish for having me on Behind the Schemes last night. Yeah, that was fun. Heck yeah. The Mix Minus did come in just in time for that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So we had the setup going and rocking and you were coming in. I had to set it up a little differently. So like at first it was super hot. And it's tough with a minus auxiliary send because when you're sending it into a USB signal, you don't really necessarily have the the playback in your headphones like you do with the main mix out. So it's always something you got to dance around, man, with the audio setup. Tweak it here, fix it there. Is it still broken? Handles were jiggled, cords were plugged, all of that good stuff. No, set it and forget it. No, you never That's can. That's what we've learned. You can never forget it because it'll come and bite you in the ass pretty much immediately. Yeah, the gremlins, they just wait till you walk away. Yes, indeed, indeed. They scramble the insides. <laughs> yeah, but you had a great talk on Behind the Schemes. You guys talked about uh, natural birth, breastfeeding, uh, different good stuff like that. Yeah, BuzzFeed's shitty magic number usage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a hell of a, a listicle. Yeah, go check it out if you weren't tuned in live. Go listen to them. And then catch Behind the Schemes... Every moon day at 9.30 Central. Right. You can find them over at BehindTheSchemes.com, S-E-H-3-M-3-S, or LoveIsLit.com. It's much easier to type, and it takes you to the same damn place. So check them out. Love those guys. Um, You know who else I love? It's Mr. Abel Kirby. I've been working on some drums for him on a project that we're working on. Um, We're trying to be one of the first... uh, sort of use cases for publishing music in the same way that these podcasts are published in podcasting 2.0. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm just like a, I know everybody sees me as this like tech kid or something, but I'm really an idiot when it comes to most of this shit. And case in point huge was with these damn drums in Reaper. Uh, I got them set up as a MIDI instrument like four or five weeks ago and we recorded one of our track uh, tracks, and I laid the drum part down for it just fine. And then when I came back to the project and tried to do it some more, lo and behold, I pull up, plug in my drums, turn them on, open Reaper. Oh, this MIDI instrument cannot be found. Oh, my God. Mm. I had to run around, figure out how to get it back plugged in. I really don't know how I did. I just kept unplugging and plugging shit back in until it finally registered. And then my virtual instrument in Reaper was gone. So I had to track down a different one of those. But I finally found one that's free instead of a free trial. So like that one I think I was using before only lasted like a 14-day trial or something, you know. Oh, gotcha. And once it was expired, it didn't work anymore. So. Womp womp. But now I'm all plugged in. I'm recording. I've been practicing. I meant to uh, get him all his drum tracks by yesterday. And then the weekend like got crazy and uh, things came up. So I actually, uh, after the show, we always do a fun little post stream music and goofing around while we are uh, editing the show. But I'm going to keep that, I'm going to try to keep that kind of tight tonight because 
once we get everything edited and published, the show's up, then I'm going to be turning the stream off and drumming. Drumming the rest of the night into the wee hours of the morning, probably. <laughs> nice. But I'm gonna I want to make sure all that's finally cranked out. I've got it practiced and I'm feeling good about it. I just got to get it tight and nice and presentable. Cool. Yeah, well, I'm glad you got that all figured out because. Yeah, it was causing me a great deal of stress and making me feel incredibly stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this thing worked and now it doesn't work. Oh my god. But hey, you know you always it's always something. It's always this, something. This audio stuff gets yeah. so frustrated. But what do we do? We persevere. We press on. We ram our head against the brick wall until we get through to the other side. That's right. Just jiggle all the handles and push all the buttons and oh, unplug man. and replug. There has been jiggling. Oh, I did have a couple notes here on uh, how the sats are streaming. The node split now. I talked last show about how we're going to do a 50-50 split between the two nodes. Yeah. So I got that implemented, which is uh, working pretty well. So now when you're streaming sats, you're streaming with both of the nodes, and we just hope to be able to split them evenly so we can make channels with both of them and open some channels up. Uh, I'm kind of long-term on looking for this podcast to ring a fire. I'm going to give people some a few months to get nodes running and this kind of thing. But uh, once nodes are up and running, I want to try to get a 1 million sat channel ring of fire with just some podcasters that we can uh, kind of turn our, lower our fees down in that in that ring between us and uh help kind of build our chunk of the lightning network kind of the podcasters chunk that's a piece of uh it's kind of a piece of dave and adam's vision and i'm kind of trying to cheerlead on it so if you're a podcaster out there run a node run a node run a node i can help try and figure it out Feel free to shoot me an email and run a node. The Castapod server that we were working on, still stuck on that. Still can't get the ports open. Tried a couple of different things. Mm. Uh, Benjamin Bellamy was going to check out why the Castapod server was not importing my uh, RSS feed. So it shouldn't, he said it shouldn't matter if the server itself is reachable or not. Uh, it's funny though, you can like log into the server, uh, you don't have to be on the local network, so it's not like, it's not like it's blocked off from the outside network, you can log into it just fine, but for some reason the diagnostic is still telling me. All these ports are closed, so, if you scan it with a port scanner, they all show as open, but then if you run diagnostics on it, they're all closed. I don't know if it's like an internal firewall issue or something. Oh, the password is sweet. The password is sweet. Hope it's got a good password. Says Servo in the bowl. Yes, the password is sweet. I couldn't even tell you it if you put a gun to my head. Well, that's a good password. It's a long hash. That doesn't mean anything. On a pie. On a pie. Yeah, it's on a pie. I also wonder if it's not because of the double pie situation that I'm running. But, uh... Who knows? I'll figure it out. I've got support tickets open. I'm talking on forums. I'm waiting. The thing about open source stuff, too, is it's like you're not messaging a call center or like, you know, a big ass business. It's open source. So you're messaging a bunch of devs all over the world who are volunteering their time to keep a project going. So this is uh, this is the price for freedom, you know, is some headaches and a little bit of learning curve. 
Yep. But uh, I like it. I think the price is worth it. It's a fun challenge. And then if I can get it going, then I can help other people get it going. Yes. That's my uh, that's my philosophy anyway. Like me. If an <laughs> idiot like me can do it, then uh, pretty much anyone can do it. I thought it was funny when I was peeking in on you to see uh, how it was going, if you were getting anything figured out with the ports. Yeah. And you're like, well... I opened this ticket and I heard back pretty quickly from someone um, and then sent, you know, some screenshots and five hours later, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like an immediate response first and then... Then they saw your problem. They were like... They were like, oh, oh this guy's in over his head. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Just a matter of time. matter of time and persistence, you know? That's right. Just like everything else. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, well, there's a 33rd birthday this week. Oh. The concept of climate change. Oh, Celebrated boy. 33 years. Buy climate change a cake. Or, you know, just end it. I don't know. It's older than me. It is. It is. 1988. The New York Times, I'm pretty sure, coined the term. Uh, with an article entitled Global Warming Has Begun After a NASA Scientist Testified the Greenhouse Effect Was Detected. Hmm. And coincidentally, two days later, the Yellowstone National Park fires happened. So they also celebrated a 33rd anniversary. Oh, boy. And, you know, maybe could have contributed to the global warming freakouts people have suffered for the past three decades. Feeling the fire of the... Panic. Yes. Then in eastern Pennsylvania, 33 train cars derailed. There hasn't been any... uh, I guess there's an investigation ongoing, obviously. But no reason is known yet as to why it happened. And luckily, uh, no one was injured and no hazardous materials were spilled or anything. So, But 33 cars, what are the chances of that, right? And then for my last story, I've got a clip. Oh, Oh, boy. See clip one. Clippity one. Police pull up, guns out, told us if we move, they were going to shoot us. That's how Shaquan McNichols' 18th birthday ended, on the ground in Miami Beach, surrounded by police. His 20-year-old brother, Carl, was there, too. They just arrived in Florida with their dad for Shaquan's birthday trip hours earlier. Their dad left them with friends around midnight, so imagine his shock when Carl's girlfriend called around 3 a.m. telling him his sons were in jail, arrested for two armed robberies that happened less than an hour earlier. I was trying to tell the officers that I didn't do it, that it's not me that the you were looking for. Carl Sr. tried pleading with police too. Neither brother had a previous record. Shaquan is in high school. Carl plays football and wrestles at William Penn University. My whole life I've been trying to just stay out of trouble. Nothing at all involved with police and then this happens. Your boys sat in jail for how long? 33 days. Holy 33 shit. 33 long, long, miserable days. The max allowed in Florida without charges. Because of the arrest on his record, Dana says Carl McNichols lost his college athletic scholarship. His dad says without that financial help, they can't afford to send him back to William Penn. 33 days, no charges? Exactly. That seems like... Isn't that fucked up? Yeah, that's pretty terrible. Seems like a good lawsuit coming. Yeah. You got some explaining to do, cops. See you in court. Yeah, that's some I would say. bro. That's and officer then, douche. No joke, no joke. And to lose your college scholarship? 
Just because you have an arrest on your record, but no charges brought for it? Yeah, that's pretty weak. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> See you next trial. <laughs> Says Servo. <laughs> nice. Well played. And of course, the magic number continues in the Koof stories. As it would. As it would. There were 33 new cases reported in Hawaii and in Smith County, Texas. Very nice. Then uh, 33 people in isolation in Barbados. And 33 Koof deaths in Egypt. DC Girl brought to our attention on Agenda Social today that DC is now offering a $51 Visa gift card if you bring someone else to get the jab. Oh, jeez. And you can take advantage of the offer 11 times. Wow. Yeah, get yourself like... 600 bucks almost or something? Yeah. It's yeah. not a bad deal. And you don't even have to get the jab yourself. You just uh, exploit people who are willing to get it. It's like a pyramid scheme or something. Something. But then uh, I also saw a story that isn't directly related to the coof, but I think has some relationship. According to compound annual growth rate, the in vitro fertilization market is going to be worth $33 billion by 2028. Whoa. And... Of course, there's a lot of fertility issues coming in here. And I've also seen, um, Blueberry had showed me a video on YouTube that was an in vitro doctor telling women, pregnant women uh, specifically, that the getting the jab can actually help your pregnancy. Oh, God. Yeah. Because of a study with a pretty low number of participants um, who had, the women that got the jab had less inflammation than the other women. Hmm. So it's like, oh, you'll have a more comfortable pregnancy. And I'm like, there are so many things that could cause inflammation, not just the jab. And so many things that could help it, like taking <laughs> in a leave or something. Or just your diet and everything. Just everything. So, yeah, $33 billion industry in just a few years. Hmm. Wowie zowie. Yeah. So, man, you know, these bribes to go get the jab, I, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that makes it creepy. It's like... For the people who are like the wait and seers who are paying attention. And then, you know, it's like, well, we're going to wait and see. Make a good case for getting the shot. Um, which, by the way, I'm, I've never been a wait and seer. I've been a, over my dead fucking body. you giving me the coof shot. But for the people who really are trying to look for data and just wait and see, it's, it's really not doing any favors to be like well, bribing people. Like, come on, get a lottery ticket, uh, win a new truck, we get the shot. Bring, yeah. <laughs> bring your friends in, get uh, 51 bucks per friend. Bring strangers, hell, we don't care. Oh my goodness. We just need to get these shots out. And then again, you, you really have to wonder if they have to prove that they've never got the shot first, you know? Like, can you come and get multiple shots? Can you keep getting shot up? For all these different incentives, like, you've got to wonder. I know. I hate thinking about that. Especially in our neighborhood where they're doing, like, boxes of food and boxes of diapers as incentives to get the shot. So, yeah, if people circle back and get it twice, uh, they might start mutating. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, indeed. But anyway... 
That's about it for the 33s today. It's always a lot of them. I hate talking about the coof. So, you want to go uh, behind the curtain? Yeah, I want to sneak back there. Booberry asked about the curtain last night. Yeah, he asked about uh, this curtain. It's like a plastic uh, black and white yin-yang's curtain. We got it uh, in Columbia while you were still in college. Actually... I think I already had it before I met you, now that I think about it. I don't believe so. Maybe. I believe I was with you when the curtain was acquired. Might have been real early on. Yes. But we've had that thing for ages. Got it at Aardvarks, the greatest hippie shop in uh, Columbia. Where you can get Dunhills. That's right. Which we also mentioned You guys talked about Dunhills. And behind the schemes he, last night. He played that Joe Rogan clip where Joe Rogan is like... Reading off uh, whatever Hunter Thompson's supposed daily ritual was like, um, you know, Hunter Thompson is a guy that's well known for embellishing reality to the uh, fullest extent. But uh, it was a cute, uh, cute daily regimen and it included smoking a shitload of Dunhills, which I'm sure wasn't embellished. Dunhills have got to be my favorite cigarette I've ever had. Very tasty little on the expensive side, but when you live in Missouri, it's not so bad. Uh, they come in this fancy square box, and uh, yeah, they're, they're very nice. Very nice. I didn't say out loud, but I was shocked that uh, Joe didn't know what chartreuse was. Yeah. And I hope he has since discovered it. No doubt. Yeah, chartreuse was like a big staple at the Blue Fugue, the bar that I used to manage in Columbia. Uh, chartreuse is a like an alpine herbal liquor, liqueur even. But it's like very strong, very hefty. I think it's like 130 proof, I want to say, or something like that. Um, it's the only liquor to have a color named after it. It was prepared by the Chartreusian monks. It's like a 400 or some odd year old recipe. And uh, if I'm remembering right, I think it has... See, I said 130 proof, but I think it has actually 130 herbs in it. So now I have to look it up. Yeah, 110 proof. 110 proof liquor. And uh, there's also like a weaker version that's like chartreuse yellow, but you want the green chartreuse. The chartreuse chartreuse. That's the good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, the yellow is a bit weaker in proof, in alcohol content. Yeah, it's like a big secret recipe. The the, uh, Carthusian monks that make it, they each had like three different monks share a th- uh, have a third of the recipe, so nobody actually knows the whole recipe, and it's just been passed down um, since 1605. Was the original recipe written? So it's wild, and they started bottling it and introducing it in 1764. So well, a very uh, very old liquor, liqueur. I think I've said this before on this show, but. Drinking it reminds me of like what an, a health potion in a video game would be like. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Like, ah, yes, here's the health potion. Distilled alcohol aged with 130 herbs, plants, and flowers, all unique to the, uh, or, well, I don't know if they're all unique, but they can all be found in that region in France, where the original monastery is. And it's tasty, man. It's tasty. You won't need a health potion if you live in New Mexico and are over the age of 21 because as of today, this beautiful token Tuesday, you may now possess up to 2 ounces of nug, 16 grams of extracts, 
800 milligrams of edibles, and you can start growing your own weed. Nice. 12 plants per person. That's six mature and six immature. Mm-hmm. Um, or 12 in a household. 12 and 12. Ah. So this is all thanks to the Cannabis Regulation Act that was passed. Um, but you will have to wait until April 1st, 2022 to buy and sell weed from a dispensary. Dispensary. <laughs> dispensary, I was about to say. Dispensy spence. Yeah. Here, I'm going to pass you the wolf cup. Yeah, this is again in uh, New Mexico. Yes, New Mexico. But in Mexico, Mexico, the Supreme Court mandated the health department to begin issuing permits to citizens older than 18 who wish to grow or possess personal use amounts of weed although commercial activities still remain illegal i guess in 2009 mexico decriminalized possession under five grams and then in 2018 the supreme court there determined federal prohibition was unconstitutional and gave lawmakers until april 30th to enact legislation to regulate adult use However, the House and Senate lawmakers there did not agree on a plan before the deadline, and nothing has come of it. Because if you're in government, you don't have to follow the deadlines, I guess. Little gridlock for you. This is a a theme I keep seeing, and it'll come up again in another weed story later. Now, yesterday, the Supreme Court here in America decided not to hear standing akimbo a denver-based medical marijuana dispensaries challenge against the internal revenue code section 280e which of course prohibits tax deductions for the trafficking of controlled substances and of course weed is still schedule one on the controlled substances act um, which pits state law and federal law against each other however after the decision was made not to hear the case Justice Clarence Thomas wrote in his legal opinion that, and I quote, a prohibition on intrastate use or cultivation of marijuana may no longer be necessary or proper to support the federal government's piecemeal approach. So, we got one friend. We got one uh, court justice who's a friend. Pretty lonely. (laughs) Very lonely. Very lonely. But that was, uh, that made national news. So... Last Thursday, uh, Governor Jared Polis of uh, Colorado signed House Bill 21-1317 into law. And boy, does this uh, add some weird requirements on. So first, this bill requires the Colorado School of Public Health, which I had to look up. It's made up of the University of Colorado, Colorado State University, and the University of Northern Colorado's medical schools. They'll have to do a systematic review of the scientific research related to the possible physical and mental health effects of high-potency THC and uh, in marijuana and concentrates. Um, and then they have to create a scientific review council to study those findings and make recommendations to lawmakers. So once the recommendation is made, goes back to the Colorado School of Public Health, and they are going to have to create a public education campaign. That's, you know, something I don't really like to hear. Uh, A public education campaign about the effects of high-potency THC on mental health in the developing brain. So So basically a propaganda campaign. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Mandated. Yeah. Um, It also screws things up for medical patients. 
uh, and it screws things up. Just, you know, let's add more caps and stuff. So now card-carrying patients uh, will be limited to purchasing 8 grams of concentrates down from the previous 40-gram limit. It's a huge chop. Um, and patients aged 18 to 20 will be limited to 2 grams. Hmm, that's nothing. Yeah. Uh, to make sure that patients aren't just going to another dispensary to buy more in the same day, uh, it will be, you know, I think it already is mandated, but they're going to be keeping track of the transactions and the seed-to-sale tracing that's going on. Ugh. Yep. Um, manufacturers now have to include warnings on concentrate packages and a serving size guidance. Um, if you're between the ages of 18 and 20 and you want to acquire a medical card, you're going to have to get two doctor recommendations now, and they are going to have to conduct a more thorough consultation with you. And the consultation has changed across the board. It's just if you're between 18 and 20, you have to get two doctor recommendations instead of one. Um, but now some of the things they have to recommend is a maximum THC potency level for you, the patient. And they have to recommend a product for you. Um, and then, yeah, they have to look through your mental health history. Oh, boy. Um, so it's More intrusion. I love it. Wild. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but, you know, I was like, well, is it worth going through to get your medical card at that point then? Because that's a lot of hoops to jump through. But in Colorado, the medical excise tax, of course, is 2.9%, while recreational is 15%. It's a huge gap. Yeah. So, I guess it could maybe still be worth it. It just is a huge pain in the ass. You know, I'd pay 25% just to get the fucking government off my ass. Oh, fuck taxes, though. But, yeah, I wouldn't. It's too much, too much. It's also the Emerald Market, you know, where you can go and Oh yeah. deal with none of it. That's true. That two-gram thing is so stupid because you're going to be wasting money buying small quantities when you can get, like, you know, you're never going to get an ounce discount. Exactly. You're never going to be able to get a bulk price, which is a patient. It's just stupid. Like, access to medicine is limited. Why? Right. That's what kills Because it's me. weed that's never killed anybody. So fucking dangerous that it's never killed anybody. Yeah, in Colorado, of course, was like the first, uh, what do they call them, like state laboratories. They refer to the states as laboratories right. and the whole legalization thing. And uh, And they've seen, you know, oh, what bad has come from legalization? Mm, nothing. <laughs> Car accidents were down. You know, uh, kids can't acquire it from the dispensary, but here we are. Yeah, so. Co- Colorado decided it had way too much freedom. Ugh. Oh, well. So we've talked about South Dakota in a bunch of episodes, of course. Right. Um, but to refresh everyone's memory, 54% of South Dakotans voted in favor of of a recreational initiative on their November 2020 ballot, and they also passed a medical initiative. However, the governor, Christy Noem, opposed the will of the people and facilitated litigation in February 2021 to strike Amendment A, the recreational initiative, down as unconstitutional. In turn, the judge of the state's 6th Judicial Circuit Court ruled that the measure violated state requirements for ballot measures to cover only one topic, 
which they stole out of Nebraska's playbook. Um, and since it revised rather than amended the state constitution, it wouldn't be permitted to move forward. So, of course, the supporters were like, well, we're going to take this to the Supreme Court then. Screw you. But last Friday, the state court administrator announced that they will not be ruling on the issue before the proposed July 1st deadline. Oh, boy. See? So it's just dead in the water. They don't have to follow the deadline. You don't have to follow deadlines if you're government, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. You can just kick them down the road. Yeah. Well, we'll Apparently. Just extend the deadline. Extend the deadline. Um, Every law, if you're a bureaucrat, is just merely a suggestion. It's just, it's gross. And if you're a citizen, it's like a something they can ruin your life with. Exactly. But on July 1st, medical becomes legal in South Dakota. Um, but, of course, the medical cards won't be issued by the state until the fall. So, not much you can do there. Just hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Um, but you might not want to wait if you have bought strains in Arizona recently, as eight of them are being recalled for possible salmonella and mold contamination. Oh, my God. Yeah. Salmonella in the weed is something I have not heard of. No, me neither. And I was trying to figure Can out... Can you get salmonella by, like, incineration and inhalation? They talk about uh, salmonella contamination in the lungs causing, you know, like, the same exact symptoms of if you ingested it. That's interesting. I've I never don't, heard of that. I've never heard of it either. It kind of makes me wonder, because I've heard stories... Where people have said, like, they're allergic to weed. And I wonder if it wasn't, like, a mold contamination or something like that. Yeah. Mold, I've Some heard issue. of pretty commonly. I've heard of mold, yeah, being in weed. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't let your buds stay, soak, <laughs> be all wet. Typically, you can see it uh, and then also smell it. But, yeah, that's just a... Typically, that's usually a matter of it wasn't cured properly. Mm. But the salmonella, yeah, I was trying to look it up of, like, other instances of this happening. And the only hypothesis I found of why, how it could be contaminated with E. coli is someone touched it, <laughs> like, the nugs before putting it away and they had it on their hands. And isn't even it, that is just like, what? Isn't it like a poop contamination pretty yeah. much? Yeah. Like, maybe they were working with manure and beforehand. It's a bacteria, right? So... I'm just trying to imagine how it's going to survive, like, a Bic lighter being put to it. Right. I don't know. I don't inst- I don't understand it personally. Yeah, I don't either. But, I mean, it's also the first I'm hearing of it, so I got to look it up. Yeah. got to look deeper into it. E. coli in your weed. Yeah. Sounds like a hit job to me. We'll do some uh, deeper digging for the next bowl. The sink, that kind of lettuce. Mm-mm. Keep the poo-poo germs off the good good. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a small ask. This is someone in the chat said, This tastes like shit. It's blueberry. <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah, you don't want your weed to taste like shit, that's for sure. No. And uh, let's see. So in 2014, Washington, D.C. legalized possession and home cultivation under a voter initiative. But Congress ended up using a budget rider to prevent the local government from using its resources to create a transparent licensed commercial sales program. So it was that whole, like, you can possess and trade weed, but no buying or selling of it. Right. (laughs) 
under the proposed fiscal year 2022 financial services and general government spending bill, uh, which includes provisions relating to the District of Columbia's budget, the House Appropriations Committee has omitted the rider and added language to create limited protections for banking institutions providing services to state-licensed cannabis businesses. But I saw that the rider has been omitted two years in a row Ugh. and ended up being put back before the final package was, you know, approved. Well, hopefully it stays in there. They always want to fiddle with shit. This time it might since uh, the Democrats are in control now. Right, yeah, and they're so pro-weed. They're so <sighs> weed-friendly, as we know. No one is. No. No. They, they pretend to be on the campaign trail is pretty much it. It's the deepest of it. Yeah. And then it's always the Democrats that want to bring in these fucking absurdly small limits and all of this regulation and all this extra taxes. and It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. There's nobody on our side. No, no one on your side. And your parents might not be on your side if you lied to them. That's true. That's correct. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the first time you ever lied to your parents. Maybe you haven't necessarily. Maybe you're a little George Washington and you never one time told a lie to your mom and dad. <laughs> but a lot of bowlers have. We know that for sure. And uh, some of them called in with voicemails. So I'm going to take a little listen. Hello, good evening. Oh, yes, I have to preface. This uh, voicemail from the lovely Quirk S uh, came in kind of for Nadia when she was on, and I didn't really realize. We haven't uh, traditionally looked at the voicemails during a Bowls with Buds, but I might start doing that just to see because it uh, might have enhanced our discussion a bit, but uh, I will play it now for you. Bowls and Carolinian. Um, This is Quirk. I'm sure you know. And uh, I just wanted to call in and say I'm really, really looking forward to tonight. I'm not sure if you're fielding voicemails or if you'll be playing any. Um, It's been so long. This is, if you're going to play this, then this is to Nadia. Oh, Nadia, I've missed you so much, woman. (laughs) You're... You're one of my very favorite people in the community. Who? Who? In my top five. Yeah. What an honor, right? No, but really, I I haven't reached out to you on No Agenda Social because I don't like being on there for very long. Uh, I also deleted my Twitter profile like six months before I saw that you did. So I just um, don't enjoy myself on social media as much anymore. And so I haven't heard from you, obviously, for apparent re- for for obvious reasons rather, and I hope that you're feeling well and recovering well and enjoying time with your first kiddo. And um, <laughs> I'm sending good vibes and love and light and healing your way. Anything that you need, I really have been thinking of you, and I, I'm so happy you decided to come on tonight. I don't even know if you've been on other shows. I just know you're on this one tonight, so I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, you you're one of the most brilliant, intelligent, warm, and you know reasonable people, and funny as fuck, and creative as hell. So um, I miss you. If you have anything creative brewing, please do bring that up. Though I know that the topic is discussing babies. So, 
Well, take care of yourself, Dame, and uh, yeah, I've missed you. That uh, that's all. Uh, take care. And have fun with with your baby and your bow. Okay. Bye. Good night. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Yes, yeah, a lovely message. I know that uh, Quirkass was happy to interact with Illuminati again, and uh, of course, Illuminati had her baby the day before we had our little John. So um, she's kind of been. Stepping back for a while from the whole creative thing. Um, I don't know how much we mentioned it during our interview, but she does do the uh, Origins of Things and Stuff with Nick the Rat. It's a show that uh, they have a YouTube channel where they publish it. We kind of discussed, there was a couple episodes that got taken down. Most notably, the one we talked about was uh, she did an origin story on porn, and that got removed by YouTube. I think she did the PCR one which got uh, something happened to it, but that one's back up, I believe. So yeah, it's like YouTube is a kind of a pain in the ass platform, so I had discussed with her maybe trying to help get her on uh, No Agenda Tube or some kind of a, uh, maybe she could even have an, her own instance of uh, a video platform. Uh, I can, the name escapes me right now. Activity Pub, I think, something related to that. Uh most simply put, it's like uh, Mastodon, but for videos. Um, yeah, yeah that's that's somewhere you could put it where it's not going to get censored and taken down and uh, reported and attacked and all that bullshit that you have to deal with when you go to YouTube and Facebook and all the other crappy ass uh, platforms that there are out there. Poo tube. Yeah, we gotta get 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 them a little bit of freedom, a little bit of uncensored stuff. Um, but thanks for weighing in, Quirkass, and I think that we will start. Uh, Looking at the voicemail line for the for the Bulls with Buds episodes, because it can be kind of a fun way to ask questions to a guest. We also, that was the first Bulls with Buds where we didn't refer to our list of questions. Like, we made a list of different stony questions that we usually run through with people. We have them on the show, and so we're kind of trying to branch and grow up out of that uh, and kind of have a more open, free-form discussion with our guests and that way we can have guests on again and repeat and we're not repeating the same questions and answers and we can also have people on who maybe aren't quite as stony doesn't always have to be stony centric uh topics we're talking about so just some things we're trying always uh taking suggestions too uh it's really great to have a community who's tuned in and giving us feedback not only in the chat but emails and all that kind of stuff um and i appreciate you Quirkus. Because that, uh, uh, that adds a kind of a dynamic to the interviews. And I think it'd be interesting to kind of encourage people to leave voicemails that if you have a question. So, you know, after tonight, uh, in preparation for Friday night, when we talk to Carolyn, if you have a question for Carolyn, you can leave a voicemail. And uh, you'll be able to ask it to her on the show. But, again, back to our first time I ever topic. Uh, I think this caller had some insights. Sofa King Hot. Hotter than a half-fuck box in a forest fire. Uh, Up here in the hills of Appalachia, it don't get much above 85. But it was 93 today. Real feel, 110. Oof. I'm estimating, but that's what it felt like. First time I ever lied to my parents. We won't tell them. It's probably when they put a vegetable on my plate. <laughs> I probably was like, yeah, I, I like it. I ate it. It's delicious. <laughs> But a memorable time when I was young, probably about junior, senior in high school, my parents were 
trustworthy enough to leave me home alone for like a day so my parents could go to the lake and swim and stay at the cottage and all that. I stayed home and did chores and pitched hay and sweated bacon grease out of my pores. Of course, I called all my friends and said, my parents are gone. There was immediately a keg on my parents' porch and we proceeded to imbibe. Nice. And when they got home, I was so hungover and worthless. I removed the keg, but neglected to wash the porch off where the keg was sitting. Oh, no. There was a notorious keg ring of stickiness in the corner of my parents' beautiful porch, and they have yet to let me live that down. Have a good one. Hope it's not as goddamn hot down there in misery as it is up here in Pennsylvania. In the bowl. In the bowl, Farmer Todd. In the bowl. Cheers. Yes, uh, that's funny because he had posted earlier um, that phrase, sofa king hot. (laughs) And uh, it wasn't until he said it out loud that I was like, oh, sofa king hot. So fucking hot. I get it. I get it. I get it. He was like, so fucking hot episode. Uh, referring, I think, to the upcoming Carolyn Blaney episode. Uh, she had tooted earlier that she was going to... Oh, I can't remember exactly how she put it. She has an elegant way with words. But she's basically going to take off all her clothes and then come to the bowl. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, clothing is optional. And, uh, yeah, you can exercise that. That freedom. That freedom. So it should be a good show. It should be a fun show. Bunch of naked people talking about... Uh, Weed, I'm sure comedy will come up. I'm sure uh, Hog Story will be discussed a little bit. And uh, maybe up there in Canada it's hot too, but here in Missouri it's not that bad. It's not as bad as like, it seems like uh, Pacific Northwest is really getting hammered too, and uh, even BC up there above Washington. Uh, Pretty wild how hot it is up there. Here it's like pretty normal for late June, early July. Uh, in fact, there's some dot W's firing off in the, uh, bowl right now. And I can check current weather conditions. Let's see. We've had some nice little showers every day. Yeah, it's been rainy as hell. Right now, 74 degrees. Perfect. 93% humidity. Eh. That can't be accurate. But, uh, maybe it is. Who knows? It sounds, like, impossible. But it also is humid as hell. It has been humid as hell here. It's one of those where you like open the back door and you haven't even stepped outside yet and you just start sweating immediately. It's pretty rough. But, you know, that's pretty much par for the course here. It hasn't been hotter than seasonally normal. Um, Yeah. You know who is uh, hotter than seasonally normal, though? This next caller. Well, the first time I ever lied to my parents, it was to my mom. Of course. And it's related to last week's question. About the first time I ever saw someone's junk. So I eventually got caught looking at that uh, girl's vagina in, in kindergarten. Right. And uh, Vagina. When I did, my mom asked why. I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> she showed it to me first. So that, that's the first time I remember lying to my parents anyway. Nice. Don't know if that was too exciting or funny, but uh, that's what it is. That's the truth. Far too exciting. 
Way and too the far. truth is, I love you guys. Love you. Oh, we love Stick. you. Stick now. Stick. I was all ready because <laughs> it wasn't on the transcript. But then he got me. Got him. Got him, Fletchy. You lied and said it was her idea. Well, that's a pretty slick lie, man. You got to minimize the damage with that kind of shit. Especially when you're that young, you know, you're just like, oh, shit. You don't even know what anything is. You're just like, I don't know. I just, I just, being weird. Being weird. What, what can we do? What can we say? What can we say? What can this next caller say? I'm ready to hear it. Hello, hello. In the bowl, babe. In the bowl. Yes. This is only voicemail number two. Technically number one. That's true. Because the first one was uh, addressed to Nadia. And uh, I'm sorry for... Not sorry, but uh should have uh, given you a little heads up about that. I wasn't even sure. I couldn't remember if you ever played voicemails during Bowls with Bud. We're, we're starting, damn it. So, it's a great idea. Foremost, Thanks to you. Let me say... It's a very good idea. Thank you for bringing Nadia on. Holy shit, was that an amazing episode. But then I say that about pretty much all your episodes. You were feeling <laughs> that shit. Uh, wow. Just, God, it was so beautiful, really. I mean, getting to hear Lorian and Nadia jive about babies and seeing that their babies are so close to days away from being born. Yeah, they did. I mean, that's special. And, of course, that there are more Jemmy Geminis. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Um, but, wow, man, I've been waiting to hear her input, her feedback, her thoughts, just, you know, what motherhood is like for her. And, oh, as usual, she did not disappoint. So thank you for bringing her on. As you know, I am not very up-to-date on who's on what. I just today found out that Fletcher did an episode for Comicster Blogger, whom oh, what? I did not know even had a podcast. Because as I was saying, oh. I... And not on Naz very often. However, today I ate my words. Most oh. definitely, I was on. I saw you favorite Naz something for <laughs> several hours. Wow! Liking and favoriting, and yeah. I saw <laughs> like, you on there. Oh. I saw you on Yes, there. it's decentralized, but it's just as addictive. It's just not uh, as infuriating. Yeah. In fact, it's not infuriating at all if I ignore the federated timelines. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just yes. my local favorites. And then sometimes I get hooked into following others and then and then delete them at some point. Yeah. So, ah, okay. Yes, I'm paying attention to the time. Holy shit, it's amazing how fast and I drone on through <laughs> burn up time. Burn it. That's what I do <laughs> while emitting carbon, yeah, carbon Spoke emissions. Dioxide or sap monoxide? That's dioxide. So, uh, also, ah, oh, Lorian Rose. I love you. I love you, too. I heard you say that. Thank you. Oh, my heart was a flutter. Aww. As I said it, too. But <laughs> when you said it, I was just like, oh, oh my goodness. Yes. Damn, I love you, so. Uh, it was fan-fucking-tastic. So that's interesting that uh, Fletch did a, one of the CSB episodes, huh? Yeah. Because I know that Gwyff was doing it, but then I know uh, Gwyff had fallen ill. Uh, and wasn't kind of around to do uh, an episode. Oh. Darren O'Neill's going to be upset with CSB. Cause CSB, you know, he Darren O'Neill was like, do you want me to do an episode in my shouty voice? 
CSB always says that Darren has a shouty voice, which I can see. It, it can be shouty sometimes, I suppose. He's just a big, booming radio guy voice. It's like, uh, you know, commanding. Big and booming, yeah. Fills like up that, that mic. Um, oh, Corcass says Fletcher and Jennifer and Gwiff are all on it. Ooh. For CSB's episode six of AI.cooking, I think is the URL. It's like a hilarious URL. Um, so, yeah. I'll have to check that out. I'll have to check that out. Because he was like, he shot Darren's uh, offer down of being on the show. He did not want Darren on the podcast. But now he, now he has Fletcher on. So I'm sure Darren, he likes to poke poke the bear. So he'll be like, oh, Fletcher's good enough, but I'm not. Ah! He'll be upset. I know it. I know it for sure. I know it for sure. Um... Corcass, you didn't get to the, you didn't get to the time you lied to your parents. Let's see, let's see. <laughs> you know this was going to happen. You know if you ever decide to shorten the voicemail length or put a cap on them just because of me, I'll understand. Not that I'm <laughs> so important and influence your decisions. You're banned. <laughs> it's getting bad. Corcass, I leave more voicemails for you guys than you're banned all from apologizing. Two others that I leave voicemails for, at least in the no agenda verse. No agenda verse. Yeah, no worries. So, as I was saying, fan-fucking-tastic. Oh, I so enjoyed you on Behind the Schemes yesterday. Last night was wonderful, and I actually have something interesting to share about that. So, you know, sometimes, even though I am deeply innately nocturnal as i have said like a broken record thousands of times sometimes i still um cycle to where i'm sleeping more at night instead of up at night so i fell asleep listening <laughs> and um to the after to the post show i was you know it was you and obviously spencer and lavish and blueberry and so i i actually dreamt of you i dreamt of you and spencer <laughs> doing a very um, esoteric uh -oh. podcast from a interstellar ship that was above the water. We were traveling through sort of time and space, but at, on the Earth we were surveying the waters. And um, I've got about a minute. We were surveying the waters, and you were the dominant, I'll say the, you were the prominent speaker, and then Spencer, you know, had, he was your backup, of course. You know, you were still a couple, but it was, it was very interesting because it was, it was affecting the, <clears throat> it was affecting the environment in this really positive way, and no surprise. <laughs> and everything was being restored um, from outside of our craft as we were traveling slowly over the waters and you were doing the podcast live. Nice. Um, it, was, it was magnificent. I can really feel the vibrations. Like was, I was actually speechless, believe it or not. <laughs> and, yeah, I have 10 seconds or something. You know I'm going to call again. <laughs> That's okay. You're gonna have to tell me if you wanna you want me to put a cap. It says one more. It's so. Getting bad. <laughs> I'm not sorry enough to stop. <clears throat> Good. But yes. So okay, See, did you so not, I'll then. make the next one. Uh, this hit of uh, an FPIE and then that. 
This hit of brandy's for you, Farmer Todd. Uh, yeah, that's an awesome dream. Yeah, that's epic. I love when people share their dreams in the bowl. I'm a sucker for dreams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Little E and J, you know the way. Yeah, that's cool. I love the dreams. I love being in them. I love having them. Um, sounds almost like, <laughs> like something was like, something about our voice or podcast spreading out was like restoring nature around. I don't know. The way you told the story, I kind of had the visuals of like, Ferngoli at the end when all of the like plant life comes back magically and oh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. That's cool. I'll take it. Heck yeah. I'll have it as an animated uh, short. Uh, limits? I don't know. I really hate limits and rules and stuff. I know that uh, at one point Fletcher had implemented like a four voicemail max over on the Hogaru voicemail, and uh, that one seems reasonable. But you've never gone over four, so I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. I don't like caps. I just want right now, I don't have a need for one, so. I'm just banning your apologies. <laughs> when I worked at the Blue Fugue, when I was first starting on bar, because I turned 21 at Bonnaroo, and then when I got back, they let me work there. They almost hired me before, and then they found out I was not 21 yet. So they are like, come on, kid. You gotta be 21 first. But uh, when I did start working bar, uh, it was a very narrow bar, and there usually be three bartenders on Fridays and Saturdays. And so everyone would be up, bellied up to the bar, ordering, and you're like just chasing orders down, getting money from people. And you're whizzing back and forth, and other bartenders, and you're always running into each other face on or bumping or, uh, you know, dodging, doing the left step, right step shit. And you're always in each other's way constantly. Um, and I'd just be like, oh, sorry, oh, excuse me, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. And the the veteran bartender pulled me aside, and he's like, look, we don't have time for sorry every time that we bump into each other. Just, like, save it for the end of the night, one sorry at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> and I was always that same way, too, until that one job and that one situation where I was just like, no, you know, we're all in this together. We're all comfortable together. We're all doing kind of working toward the same mission and the same goal. And so there's no need to be sorry because I'm just gonna have to be sorry again, anyway. And it's just part of the just part of the gig, you know. So, so it's all groovy. It's all groovy. It's all groovy. <laughs> Quirkus says, uh, or Servo says to Quirkus, apologizing for a long voicemail is like a bartender apologizing for pouring your drink too strong at the same price. Yeah, you know, uh, we love what you're putting down. That's why we're picking it up, and uh, we'll let you we'll let you cap it off. Hi. This is it. I don't care if I finish or not. So this is technically, would it be technically number four from the one uh, that I left in audio? You could argue it would be three. Technically, it's a bab number three. Because I should have played it last time. Anyway. Really? Uh, I didn't know it was there. And also, um, <laughs> and I don't remember the first time but you. I lied to my super... Um, fuckwad parents. Whoa, sorry, I clicked off. God damn it, I ruined it. My super fuckwad parents. I don't remember the first time I lied to my super um, fuckwad parents, and they really were terrible. You know, but also great in, in some ways. They certainly weren't the worst, but god damn. So I don't remember the first time, usually out of fear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Um... 
just abject terror of my mother. I, you, you, everybody feared her. You don't get her mad or she'll make you wish you were never born. Yeah, no matter what level of intellect or scholar or uh, witty individual you think you are, she's highly intelligent but also very aggressive and domineering and intimidating and abusive. So uh, she could wipe the floor with you with just a few sentences, and I clearly did not learn that from her because nobody is scared of me. <laughs> and I don't really want anybody to be scared of me. Yeah. Um, but damn, yeah, she had amazing skills. And so I, I, I just remember a moment where – my lies, which pretty much were all the time. You couldn't get anything past her. She was too bright and intelligent and intuitive for all of that. Also, can you imagine me? Like, I, I was just a passive little hippie girl, very respectful, did everything I was told before I was even asked to do it or told to do it. So my brother was the cocky, arrogant, confident one who could always get away with it, and I couldn't. And so the actual story would be have to be short here, but... It involved the first time I cut class. I have 35 seconds. The first time I cut school for the day, influenced by my rebel of a brother, two and a half years younger than I, my only sibling, and we ventured somewhere crazy. And my mom just guessed. She just got a call from the school saying that we, we never showed up, and this was middle school. Um, fuck, I'm out of time. Anyway, she flayed us pretty bad, and uh, she was able to just call us on it without even anybody finding out. She just knew, you know, mothers know. And I just stopped trying after that. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, I hope these are somewhat enjoyable to you. Yeah. And I'll try to put my own voicemail cap on in the future. Oh, there it went. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate your voicemails, Corcass. This is your... This is your time and your talent. You know, you are a great storyteller and you have a lot of stories to tell. So, you know, there's not, you're not going to make us mad by telling us good stories and following our prompt on the voicemail. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's why it's, that's why it's there. That's why you're here. That's why we all are hanging out in the bowl, man. It's a, it's a great time. Yeah. We love having you in the bowl, Quirkcast. That's right. I'm still, uh, hoping for the Quirkcast to come about. That would the Quirkcast be fun. podcast. And if you need help, yeah, you've got tons of supporters all around you, so yeah, let's make it happen. You remember the uh, first time you lied to your parents? I don't. <laughs> I've been trying to think about the first time, so I guess I'll just give you like the most memorable time. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing because it's hard to remember as well, but but I remember and, kind of an early one. Yeah, unfortunately, the most memorable time is like the first time I got caught. You know, oh. I probably got used to lying to my grandparents and great grandparents and, you know, doing stuff, sneaking out of the house, sneaking people into the house. But the first time I remember lying was on the 4th of July, coincidentally. And I was a senior in high school. And, um,. You know, they didn't want me driving on the 4th of July uh, because of potential drunk drivers and stuff. And I had told them I was going to... I was like, well, it's okay. I'll just go sleep over a buddy's house. I'm not going to name drop her and let her know I lied about him uh, where I was. But <laughs> I ended up going to 
my boyfriend at the time's house and partying and drinking a bunch and and I knew I was good because I had the alibi of I was sleeping over at my girlfriend's house and we were going to be safe and we we're just staying there and her parents were going to be there and all this stuff. Well, my grandma decided to do a drive-by and saw that my car wasn't in her driveway and was just like, oh, that's interesting, you know, didn't say anything to me about it till I got home the next day. And uh, she just went out and took the plates off my car, started taking the plates off my car. And I was like, what the fuck is what? going what? on? And she was like, I know you weren't at your girlfriend's house last night. I drove by. Psycho. And I can only assume where you were. And I was like, well, you should just be happy that I wasn't trying to drive because I was fucking hammered. And, uh, and that wasn't a good thing to say. And so she got madder. Um, and we were, it got into like a yelling thing, you know, and Uh -uh. my grandpa was like, put the, I was like, I want to go to my Nana's house. My great grandma's house. God, it's so weird being in between grandparents, great grandparents. I was like, I want to go home. I want to go to my Nana's house. And, uh, she was like, you can't, you don't have a car anymore. And I was like, I'll drive without plates. And my grandpa was like. Just put the plates back on. She has to go to school, and I don't want to drive her. No one wants to drive her anymore. <laughs> and so she ended up losing that battle because, yeah, Damn. she put my plates back on in my car, and she was just like, we're monitoring you. And I was like, I can't wait to leave here in six months or however long it was before I was leaving. Not even. It was one month. I had one month until I moved into Missouri. So, right yeah. Right there at the end. That's, that's the most memorable lie. It was crappy. Yeah. Getting caught sucks, you know? It is the worst. See, that's, it's funny because I was trying to think of, like, the earliest time or the first time I ever, like, pulled one off or lied to my parents. Because, I mean, as a kid, I think as a clever kid, you you do it and you get used to it. You know, you develop, like, what works and what doesn't and how to sell it. Yeah. And all this shit. And uh, for me, like, you can't remember when you pull it off. But one of the earliest ones I can remember that was, like, a big whopper was also when I got caught. And uh, I can't even... I Honestly, I don't even remember what the actual lie was Uh-oh. or what I was <laughs> caught for. I just remember getting big-ass trouble. And then when I got in trouble, it was always like this fucking two-hour minimum lecture at the end, uh-huh. like where it's like, all right, you got me. And then, you know, it'd be like this fucking ear beating you just get this absolute ear beating from my mom for just ages like it could it could last for four hours it could last for longer but it never was shorter than a couple and then so then it was just like once you're caught you just like playing this waiting game you just like say sorry and then you're just waiting and waiting until it's over and uh this particular one i was like trying to cut this uh I was trying to cut the the lecture part early. You know, I was trying to like, I was trying to be like, well, fuck, maybe we can get out of this one, you know, or maybe we can like wrap this up. And so I just like, I was like the sheepish apology because I got caught in some like obvious scam. Like I said, I don't remember exactly what it was. It's probably innocent enough, but still stupid. And uh, I just like looked down at my feet and I was just like, I don't even know why I try to lie to you guys ever because you catch me every time. (laughs) 
and it worked. It got me out of the lecture early. They were just like, uh, my mom was just like, well, you know, good. I'm glad, you know, you're finally getting it. <laughs> and inside, she's like, my sweet boy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and inside, I'm like, I can't believe they fucking bought it, dude. That, was, <laughs> that gives me, like, extra cover, you know? I was just like, oh, fuck, yeah. That, like, that just, like, smooths over any kind of questions of, like, what else has he been getting away with? Like, oh, no, I just... Pff, I'm so stupid for even trying because you guys catch me every single time I try. I remember that. that. That's one of those ones you can only use once. <laughs> but God damn, it was a beautiful moment. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. You were in high school when that happened? No, it was it was younger. Oh, shoot. So you had to survive a bit longer yeah. without trying to pull that again. Yeah, yeah, I've got some pretty good whoppers that are still, uh, still unknown, still uncovered, unconfessed to. Nice. But uh, it's it's wild as a kid because that's now that I have kids of my own, it fucking terrifies me because kids can change history just by pulling stuff off like that and executing and doing it right, you know? Yeah. Like they can change the story or the series of events and then you're just going with this, whatever they told you happened. And then you're like, well, that's what happened. And then wham, it's like it might not even be reality. Oh, I'm so fucking nervous when they get older. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, especially because I trust they'll be smarter than both of us. Yes. We're in for it. We're in for it. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, we did have one more caller on the voicemail line. Oh, cool. Hit it. The first time I ever remember lying to my parents, it was my mom because... Uh, Always the mom. She had caught me and my childhood friend, Carl. 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 Anyways, uh, we were in my basement, and I did, like, uh, we had a finished basement, but, like, there was a laundry room down there, and it had, uh, like, exposed concrete uh, cinder block. And, uh, yeah, anyways, him and I... uh, Took uh, the box of crayons in there and decided to make the uh, the block a uh, masterpiece that uh, my mom was not too happy about. Uh, and she, I remember her, she shouted something at first and then asked us who did it. And <laughs> my reply was, I'm not sure who did it but I'm pretty certain that they really didn't mean to do it. That was a running joke for years. I think I told you guys the all the way stupid before. That was my my sister when she was little. She called, or she went down the stairs on her butt. (laughs) All the way down, and my mom heard it and didn't see her. And my mom said, how far did you fall? And my sister said, all the way, stupid. <laughs> in the bowl. Jesus. In the bowl. All the way. Fell all the way. Um Yeah, phone boy's like Dude, did I miss my voicemail? And I'm like, I think I had it queued and clicked to go. And then it just is unread and then I think I went from Quirk S's first right into Farmer Todd's. Sofa King Hot. Uh, but we don't want to skip phone boys voicemail. Yeah, I don't remember the first time I lied to my parents, but I think we've been lying. I think we've all lied to our parents at some point in our lives, and it starts very early, right? Because you have to kind of learn what you can get away with. And and yeah, I've been, it's funny. I've been reading uh, Jordan Peterson books lately about 
you know, his, his two 12 rules books. I'm on the second one that he just, that he just oh, came out with in the one? last year. Um, and a whole lot of discussion around, um, you know, exactly how to live your life. And right. you know, uh, somebody said he spends a lot of time saying nothing. Uh, I'm halfway through but, the first uh, one and he, still. And yeah, he does do that. But after years. I actually have two stories that I'm thinking of the times, the first time I remember lying to my parents, I'm sure I did well before this, but, uh, and we'll see if I actually make it under three minutes. I probably won't. Um, so the first one that I remember, and I still have scars from this one because, uh -oh. um, so I was about three years old and we had a, we had a space heater in the house, uh, to, to try and keep warm. And, I, and, um, and I had burned my hands on the heater. That's what, where I had the scars from. Um, and so my mother had asked me if I had burned my hands on it. I put my hands behind my back and said no. And yeah, she figured out I was full of shit. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I got spanked for that one. So um, that was the first one. Um, the second one is that uh, my that my with uh, with my dad, I was uh, you know I I was taking change out of his uh, change jar that he had. Um, and I was taking it to go buy, um, well, candy at the, at the, at the quick stop, uh, on the way to the bus. And, yeah. I, well, which I, which I started doing after he, uh, after he stopped me from walking to school, taking my lunch money and, and, uh, using it to go buy a rocket pop that I would then go uh, sell at the school for twice what I paid for it. Yeah. I was trying to be an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> anyway, he caught Clever. me doing that. And, and yeah, that and actually the, the, the walk to school involved going over a train trestle, which was, uh, which, uh, yeah, anyway, that's a whole nother discussion. But anyway, the, I took, so with that, I went to, um, he, when he caught me doing it, uh, I had to write on uh, 500 times, I will not steal, uh, again, right? So that, which took me about a week to do at that, at that age. So, Damn. um, so yeah, I got the, yeah, so I got the lessons and, you know, and the reality is that I don't, you know, I, I, I try not to lie to anybody, uh, don't even feel good about it. But, uh, you know, that is, uh, <sighs> anyway, I think actually, hey, I made it. What can I say? Bullshit. Made it. Hey man, fifth bump. Phone boy, he's got the quick talk, man. He had it with with uh, seconds to spare, even. Yeah, that's uh, that's what Jordan Peterson always says, right? Uh, tell the truth, or at least don't lie. Which is uh, it, it helps you as you go along, as you go along, because that that's a bitch about lying is. <laughs> With lying, you really have to start with yourself, and you have to, like, accept this new narrative of how things are, or else you're going to not, your lie's not going to work, right? So you have to sell it to yourself first, and then just, like, everything evolves, or revolves, I should say, around this lie being the actual correct past, so. Um, what about lying through omission? Yeah, I mean that's why uh, that's why it's what he's saying, you know, tell the truth, or at least don't lie. <laughs> and so the at least don't lie part would be like don't actively lie, but maybe lying, you know, maybe there's times where you lie through omission, but it's best to tell the truth. But it kind of depends. I've always been uh, kind of an advocate of like don't correct the rumors, you know, um, sort of like. When legends are made, people like embellish and tell stories. And uh, people used to tell stories about me in in college and in high school. Like they think they know what I'm about or what I did. And I I heard some wild tales about me that I like. I was just like, how the fuck did this even get started? But I was always of the uh, of the philosophy of like, don't correct the rumors. 
you know? Yeah. Because sometimes people think that you're like crazy cool. I don't know. That's I did, how legends are born. Trying to correct this rumor that I'm, I'm some kind of a tech wizard because I'm really not. I'm like a boot camp survivor and that's a bit. Um, but hey, I don't care. It's okay. Um, yeah, at least that's a nice thing. No one has no one's reached out for assistance, so it's not like I've let anybody down yet. <laughs> not being able to figure something out. Um, it's funny. I notice a lot of people, uh, the first time they lied, they lied to their mom. And I always wonder, because looking back, like most of my lies were also to my mom. I lied to my dad a few times. But they were also more, I don't know, opportunistic and epic and necessary at the time. Whereas... My lying to moms is sort of out of survival, you know. Mm. I feel like dads can be a little bit more understanding, and they can be reasoned with sometimes or bargained with. And it's also like sometimes it's funny because a dad can really be more on your side in certain things when shit goes wrong with the kid because he's gonna get yelled at too, you know. And so if you go to your dad before the whole thing's found out then maybe you can like assess the situation, be really honest, be like, okay, well, this is this is what we're going to tell your mom. You know, <laughs> like if we can get on the same page and be like, okay, that's fucked up, but this is what we're going to tell your mom. God damn it, I keep buzzing my mic. I'm sorry about that. Uh, that's my that's my techno wizardry fucking my whole system up. But yeah, it's always the mom. You got to be able to lie to the mom correctly. Uh, there's a certain point actually where it's just out of respect. Cause your mom is just gonna like have a coronary, and she's just gonna be a straight. She can't handle some. Your mom can't handle the truth sometimes. That's all. And you're just trying to, you're just trying to keep things cool. And like, you know, you you know you messed up. You made a mistake. Dad's helping you fix it. This is what we're gonna tell mom. That was always my favorite types of uh, schemes to run. It's like, this is what we're going to tell mom. Well, you and the Cubs better not be running any of those schemes on me. Well, yeah, you're laid back. It's different. Yeah. It's different. It does feel good being an adult though, not having to lie to parental units No hate to moms out there. I just had a very uh, unique situation and maybe not so <laughs> unique. I don't know. I heard Corkass. <laughs> I know Corkass said uh, her parents were a bit much, I guess. But, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes you just uh, you got to make your life easier. You got to lie to mom and dad. What can I say? I, I'm, I've already seen it myself. Uh, Ray sucks at it, you know, though, right now. Yeah, our three-year-old. She just blames it on her younger sister. That's it's like the oldest go-to. one in the book. And it's for stuff that the two-year-old can't even reach. Right. Sometimes I'm like, no. Yeah. I'm like, only you could have done this. God, you're really bad at lying. And when she turns to that first, I'm like, well, now I know you did it. Yep. I said that to her, and right you said that to her, and she still tries Certainly. to pull that line. She's like, Cena did it. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. What's his next caller doing? He put an extra You in. guys were talking about rain. Um, yeah. We had, I think it was Friday, we had four inches here uh, where I live. Thank God my house is like up kind of like on a hill. I got a... Nicely sloped uh, driveway, a lot of sand. Uh, drainage is quite proper. So, but um, some areas got seven inches of rain, and then like uh, like uh, I ninety four, which leads out of Detroit to Chicago, uh, 
kind of in a roundabout way across the state. If I was to go, well, I guess I would take 94, but if you're down down river, as they call it, you wouldn't take 94. But it goes to Chicago. Anyway, uh, in Dearborn, uh, they it was flooded there. Uh, and that E-way, like a lot of areas, is a lot lower. But they had people swimming in it, and then there was a guy jet skiing in it on uh, YouTube. If you look up uh, jet skiing on I-94, um, oh I'm sure you'll God. come up with it. But with the amount of trash and garbage, and then that's into the sewer system, so there's probably a lot of surface feces and a lot of sea feces that comes out of the sewer. That's all plugged up. Um, I don't think I'd go anywhere near that water. No doubt. There was a bunch of cars stuck in that and semis. I, someone told me that when it floods in those areas that a lot of people in the city drive their cars into that uh, swamp mess, hoping that insurance will cover all the damages <laughs> and give them a new car. But that's just rumor. It's just what I heard. So, in the bowl. Yeah, they call it the Motor City Trade-In. I don't know if they call it that, but that's what they should call it now. That's very funny. Yeah, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't be fucking around water skiing on the highway for so many different reasons. But like you mentioned poop water. Uh that's very, very terrifying. But also just random debris like on the highway, there's all sorts of bullshit. And then you talking about there's water. So then the bullshit can be floating around, it can be like invisible. My grandpa had a spot at the Lake of the Ozarks. They used to go down and rent a cabin every summer when my dad was growing up. And then eventually they bought that cabin and expanded it and made built a house there. But avid water skiers forever and ever. And uh, when my dad was a kid, my grandpa actually was water skiing and hit a fucking tree that was in the lake. It was like a tree growing up that nobody saw, and he just like skied right into it. <sighs> Fucking racked himself. Lost a nut. Dang. He's a one-nut wonder now. Had been ever since. This was well before I was born. But, uh, yeah. They said it swelled up to, like, the size of a cantaloupe, and then what? when the swelling went down, it was just gone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was on the local news. So. What? Not not for the nut, but just that he uh, had an accident. Oh, yeah, they didn't go into detail about him losing the nut, but... <laughs> if that happened today, you know they would have. Fucking legend. I don't know what you call a cyclops with nuts, though. It's not a cyclops. Good night, left nut. Good night, left nut. Yeah, exactly. Permanently. You gotta find that news story. I know. It would probably be a deep dive. Family history. If it's that long ago, who knows if there's an archive of it or not. I don't really know. don't really know. Oh, there's got to be an archivist out there somewhere. But yes, thanks for that uh, weather update, Ned Ned. Now, uh, now Lavish has to call in with the sports. Hell yeah. We're going to have our uh, evening zoo. Evening zoo. Our night-night zoo. Testy Clops. <laughs> this is quick as, oh my goodness. That's a good one. You're so funny. Oh, me, oh my. Well, uh... Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold. What do you say? What? Hit them lanes. So, do you remember the mom in South Africa that allegedly broke the record by having 10 babies? I remember you being suspect. Yeah, I I read it kind of suspect. Because 
it came a month after a woman did break the record with nine babies uh-huh. and i don't know i don't know 10 babies is a lot and she oh the re- the tip to me was she said she didn't go through in vitro fertilization oh yeah yeah that she didn't take like fertility drugs or anything yeah she and didn't go like, in vitro all right 10 babies conceived naturally hmm We'll wait and see, because they also said at the end they were going to go check out her claim, you know, before putting the record down officially. Well, it turns out that the woman was lying. Oh, jeez. She wasn't even pregnant. So she was a friend of the editor at the newspaper that published the original story. And, like, I mean, they had a photo shoot and everything. You know, like, I saw pictures of her with this, like, extremely large bump sitting on the couch next to her husband, and no. So, um, I guess the government came in and took her in for psychiatric evaluation (laughs) that was supposed to be three days, and they ended up holding her for a week. So, the, her friend, who's the editor of the paper that originally published the story in South Africa... Uh, doubled down and said that the government was trying to cover up medical negligence by holding her in their custody. And he has since had to issue an apology. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, this one is for you for spelling that that was bullshit. Whoa. Oh, that was... Big booming slow roll there. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know why it was on slow mode, man. It's okay. That's how my bowling we were, ball usually rolls. We were behind the curtain for a while. I just like a little fucking slow mo roll there. Yeah. You got to get behind the curtain so the curtain doesn't get behind you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> just like the schemes. <laughs> you got them. Uh, nobody can pull the wool over your eyes when it comes to birth and stuff. No. You no, totally called I, it. That's I did very, smell it out. It was kind of weird. So I saw this story and I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, that was Gotta episode. Gotta bring it back to the bowl. Episode, episode 86. 86. Looking at Tom Thumb. A classic, was the name of, of that episode. Yes. An instant classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sent you a clip. Oh, I love clips. For my next clips. bowling story. Uh, clip two? That's right. It could be clip two, of course. We played clip on one. June 30th, 2007, Pennington's parents, Danny and Patricia McCown, were hit and killed by a drunk driver. FHP says Brian Andrews was behind the wheel with a suspended license and a blood alcohol level nearly four times the legal limit. The then 29-year-old fled the country before he could be prosecuted. Monday, authorities say Andrews was finally arrested in Mexico. Pennington tells us she and her sister got the news Wednesday afternoon. The now 43-year-old was brought back to the States, but it turns out it's not the man officials were looking for. Troopers say he identified himself to Mexican authorities as Brian Andrews, but fingerprints confirm he's actually another fugitive wanted in two states, (laughs) Ernest McBride. Pennington and her sister are crushed, but still have hope Andrews will be found and finally off the streets. Oh, shit. So it turns out this guy had warrants for his arrest in Arkansas and Missouri. So wow. it became a, a state local story, too. But yeah, Florida Highway Patrol, man, thought they finally had their guy. And then they didn't. Huh. Yeah, and just being the daughter of the parents and thinking that you're going to get justice for the drunk driver who killed them, you know, that's crushing. They're like, we got your guy, and you're like, wow, maybe I can finally sleep at night and not think this guy's going to get drunk and hit other people. 
And then they're like, ah, not the guy. Womp, it's too womp. bad. Yeah. It's too bad. I actually, when he originally got fugitive and escaped uh, without getting picked up, I meant to roll a strike, but. Yeah, yeah. No, that guy, that guy is a winning man. He's but still, then, still on the loose. By the time the gutter ball hit, it was actually gutter ball stuff. Yes. Imagine giving a fake name and it just so happens to be another wanted guy. You know, like, <laughs> just oh. Just be fucked up. Dang. I screwed up. <laughs> oh, well. Choose your fake aliases carefully, boys. Yeah, it's got to be a very obscure name. That's right. That's right. Just use a real guy you knew from school. Like, Rusty Shackleford. <laughs> You gotta use a real guy that you knew from school that is like doesn't have a record that is fine. That's that right. You always know is gonna be fine. Yes. Back up that fake name. That's the way you gotta <laughs> do it. Don't use like your cellmate from the last time you got locked up. No, no, that's a bad idea. Because either he got warrants or he's still in the pen, and they're gonna come and ask you questions no matter what. Yeah. In or Arizona, just don't do crimes. Just don't do no crimes. Don't do crimes. Or if you're gonna do the crime, don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> just like the lying just don't get caught mm. that's not advice though not, no not medical advice no 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 or legal advice for sure in arizona two women are in custody after stealing more than a hundred thousand dollars worth of merchandise from walmart how did they do it well, of course, the self-checkout helps. Oh, no doubt. But they were using the Walmart Pay app on their phones. Oh, shit. And I didn't even know this was an option. <laughs> I had never heard of the Walmart Pay app because I don't, I don't pay through apps, really. Yeah, what could go wrong? Yeah. Um, but I guess that they would just make it look like they were scanning their phone or they would scan their phone and then... Um, you can Canceled, probably remove maybe. item, can't you? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So they'd make it look like they'd, you know, for the cameras, hold up their phone, scan it through, and then maybe cancel the payment somehow. Um, but I guess they carried out this scheme in Arizona, California, Utah, Colorado, and Texas. Um, yeah. But what happened was, you the, know, the, the transaction. Tra <laughs> the app literally tracks where you are when you're there every right. time. And when a series of suspicious transactions are coming from one right. device, yeah, you know, that's tracked. All of the shit that you delete from your cart is logged in the app. So, yeah, like, that's that's one of those scams. You could probably get away with it once or twice, sparingly. But, like, if you're just regularly running and doing that, it's like, wow, these guys are twice a day <laughs> deleting shit out of their cart. Hmm. Yeah, hmm, indeed. But there is a red flag. So, you know, Walmart launched an investigation in March, and here we are. They did get caught. Here's an explanation, dude. It says, in the self-checkout lane, shoppers are supposed to scan the items and then hold their phones over a QR code that displays on the register. From there, a chime would indicate the purchase is confirmed, and there's no need to wait for a receipt. Ah. The problem was once they reached the checkout, payment was bypassed, and they simply walked out with the unpaid merchandise. Oh. By using the app, the suspect gave the appearance that they were paying for the items. So they would ring it all up, but then they wouldn't pay for any of it at the end. At all, yeah. They That's even walk. more dangerous, man. Yeah, and you know. leave all your stuff on the scanner thing there? Um, I've had 
really fun, crazy dreams about shoplifting before where it's really fun to pull off certain things in a dream in Minecraft. Uh, so it's always fun to like think about and like game theory it, you know, not that you would ever like actually do that stuff in real life, allegedly, but, uh, the one thing that we had an error in our favor on was that fucking Sonic app, dude. Oh yeah. We were at Sonic. That was wild. We were at Sonic for like the second time two weeks because like the slush is the new addiction over here and uh, I'm going to order and my cart is full and it's like got $25 worth of shit in or something. I'm like, what? I'm not even ordering anything yet. And I pull up the order and it's like, it's got all the stuff that I ordered last time that I went to that Sonic. So I was like, what? That's weird. So I just like, you know, delete it all because I'm like, that's not what I want. And then it was like, it popped up this message saying, your order's been canceled, uh, your purchase will be refunded. And I was like, all right, weird, well, because we had already gotten paid for that food the week before. It was like a week to ten days before, you know, well before. Yeah, that we made the order and paid for it. So then I ordered my actual food and paid for that, got it. And then sure enough, we got home and <laughs> there was like a... a charge back for that so they gave us their money back for the previous order <laughs> but that's not like a scam we were running they just fucked their app up somehow so yeah i can't be blamed for that no no it's just like a happy a happy bug yeah in the app write your app better shit write your app better wouldn't that be nice yeah fuck them don't write your app better give me free food all the time that's yeah fun. once in a while i get a little treat yeah <laughs> I don't mind. In that. Minecraft. In Minecraft, allegedly, while allegedly. you were having a dream one time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there's another story cropping back up that we talked about on Bull After Bull, episode 69. Oh, Entitled shit. Some Holy Somebody. 69! 69, dudes! Another classic. Yeah, episode. instant classic. Instant classic. We did everything but physically 69 on that episode. But probably did in the post show. To everyone's disappointment. And that's why you should hang out post show. Never know. Never know in the post never show. Episode, episode 100 is coming up. That's true. Episode 100. The big three digits coming in. Yeah, that's, that's pretty soon. Yeah, we've done some fun uh, episode 100 celebrations for other podcasts. Yeah, for other shows. <laughs> other shows that are uh, consistent enough to hit a hundo. This story that we talked about on episode 69 is when the FBI went digging for gold in Pennsylvania. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do remember that, actually. So there's a fabled cache of gold uh, (laughs) that they went digging for. And I was like, oh, man, being the FBI, I get to go treasure hunting. That's kind of neat. Is this what they do all the time? You know? So the AP... Of course, couldn't get anyone to talk about this. I hear you, little cub. I hear you. They couldn't get the FBI to say anything about the incident. Um, right. They never publicly explained why they were treasure hunting, other than excavating, quote, what evidence suggested may have been a cultural heritage site. I remember saying that on the uh, episode two, episode 69, and was like, hmm, that's pretty vague, vague explanation. Well, last Thursday, some court documents were unsealed, and it turns out that an FBI agent applied for a federal warrant in 2018 to seize the gold, 
which he claims was one or more tons stolen during the Civil War. And he applied for the warrant so that he didn't have to ask permission from the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources to excavate the site because he believes they would claim the gold for the state. Oh my god, what a bunch of sneaky bastards. Yeah. And you know, you don't want to engage in a costly legal battle to prove that it's the federal government's gold and not the state's gold. Uh, He also... How about neither? Right. He also wrote that in 2013, a legislative staffer acting on behalf of others in state government called a father-son duo of treasure hunters known as Finders Keepers USA (laughs) and offered them a state permit to dig in the cave where they believe the gold is in return for three gold (coughs) bars or 10% of the findings. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Now, no one has been charged in connection with this case (coughs) and federal prosecutors told the AP that the case is closed. So, nothing's gonna come of it. Oh, and the FBI alleges that no gold was found on their treasure hunt. These sons of bitches, I mean. But I went to Finders Keepers website, um, and their homepage actually talks about Dents Run, the location of this fabled gold. Hmm. Um, and I, so that'll be in the show notes. But they said that They've they wrote this blog post and they've sent it to newspapers trying to get the truth out and known, and they believe that they found gold at the site and that the state's doing everything they can to stop them from telling their story. They believe they did. Yeah, I thought that was confusing wording too. Um, oh, so they just report. I see. It's like it's how journalists talk. Well, these are the treasure hunters. It's like a little blog post. I'll just go ahead and read it if you would like. Sure. Yeah. Lost Civil War gold found? Treasure hunting over the years has grown to be a high-tech hobby for those who go after the big ones. A group of treasure hunters from Clearfield, Pennsylvania called Finders Keepers believe they have found one of the big ones. This is what they wrote and sent to newspapers. I see. Um, Dennis K. Parada, one of the owners of Finders Keepers, believes they have found the lost Civil War gold shipment that went through northern Pennsylvania during the Battle of Gettysburg. It was in early June 1863 that the Union wagon train left Wheeling, West Virginia with 52 bars of gold, each weighing 50 pounds. The wagon train was to travel northeast through Pennsylvania to Ridgeway, then head southeast to Harrisburg. The wagon train made it to St. Mary's, Pennsylvania, and that was the last time it was seen. The wagons and dead soldiers were found later, but not the gold. Over the years, many treasure hunters have looked for it, in 1975, I was given a map that show where the gold was hidden. So we went to the site in Elk County, Pennsylvania, and found nothing and gave up. For 19 years, I kept telling my friends about the lost gold hunt we were on, and one of my friends asked me if I could still find the same site, and this time check it out with the newest metal detectors. So in November 2004, we went to the site that was on the map, and we started finding artifacts from the Civil War period. We then notified the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources about what we found. There's your mistake. Fucked up. 
and they asked that we bring everything to them so they could send everything to the museum commission in Harrisburg. The museum commission's response was that there was no truth to the story about a lost Civil War gold shipment, sure. and everything we sent them wasn't even close to the age of the Civil War period, but we had everything looked at by local experts before we sent everything to the state, and some of the artifacts were from the 1860s, and we found proof of the story to be true. So we were not going to give up, and each time we returned to the site, we found more evidence that proved our claim. We found a bullet shell, knives, animal traps, zinc mason jar lid, tin cans, bones, human or animal, whiskey bottle, campfire pit, and a lot more that the state now has and won't return. They say that they don't have the time or the money to go treasure hunting, but if we can show them the gold, then, then they will look into it. Uh-huh. <laughs> what the fuck? They, fuck the state. All right. They also stated that if anyone digs on state land and removes artifacts, they would go to jail and lose any rights to a reward. So we offered to pay all costs to dig and pay for a digging permit, and they said no. Again, we went back to the site with three high-powered metal detectors and located a large metal object 8 feet to 10 feet under the fire pit. Again, we notified the state and were turned down. The state said, show us proof of gold. So we returned to the site with a GPL metal detector, and we had eight hits on iron and two on gold. If the gold bars were buried in iron boxes and they were now rusted open, this would explain the readings. Again, we took the new info to a state representative, and the answer was, show us the gold. We now believe the state wants us to dig the gold so they can take it away from us. We were told that if any gold was found, it would belong to the federal government, and finders keepers may get something, but the state would get nothing. Bullshit. We have a lot of other classified information that also proves the gold is still there, but the state still has not done anything. If this site is not the lost gold from the Civil War, then what did someone bury there before the 1860s campfire? I spent over $8,000 and many months checking this out, and all we ask is that someone from the state comes to check it out. Don't, that's it. That's all don't tell the state about the treasure that you're looking for. It's too late. Definitely don't tell them ever about the treasure that you found. Yeah, they'll don't, keep it. Don't be stupid. That's what happens, yeah. Don't be stupid. But this is just so so interesting. Uh, search for buried gold between federal government agents and state officials and this father-son treasure hunting duo. <laughs> Jeez. Doing the work. And then being told, oh, well, if you find the gold, you know, then tell us. <laughs> Just tell us when you find the gold so we can take it from you. Just gross. Oh, turns out there yeah. wasn't any gold. We were wrong. But then they're like, well, if you go dig and then there. then put it in your fucking basement. You could go to jail. Yeah, I know. Well, and then it's like. If you can't figure out how to fucking we make that work, then I'm sorry. You don't need to be digging for treasure at all. Yeah. Fucking scam ass government dude they make me crazy but what bugs me is how the fbi got you know uh, a warrant to go in there the and FBI do the digging so and, and so it's like you know they probably have the gold the fbi is nauseatingly corrupt bro i know as everything as, they do is a bunch of fucking gangster shit as soon as they publicly came out and said didn't find any gold it's like you have it you sons yeah you sons of b-words ah but here we are assholes assholes indeed uh but this guy wasn't an asshole a customer Ooh. at a new hampshire restaurant made sure to tell his bartender don't spend it all in one place before he left which prompted her to look at the check and notice 
he left a $16,000 tip. Holy moly. Yes. The tip was left on June 12th, but the restaurant owner didn't share the story until June 21st because he wanted to see if the payment would actually go through first. No doubt. He also contacted the guy before uh, submitting the paperwork for the night and, you know, say, like, that's not a mistake, right? Like, you really wrote this number? <laughs> I would be nervous, too. If yeah. I saw that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but the split was, uh, the tip was split between eight bartenders. So, going home with two grand at the end of the night. Not bad, dude. No, not bad not at all. And that's bad. Who, that's just one tip. So on top of your other tips, you're going home with more than yeah, two grand. Yeah, have like you have like twenty two hundred bucks at the end of the night. Eighty <laughs> on a good night. Two thousand eighty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Eight bartenders splitting. Oh, you go home with like two thousand fifty five bucks. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Shoot, some nights at the Marriott. It depends where you work. Bro. When I was bartending at the Marriott, there were nights where it was like they would. This is so fucking illegal, I think. But they never gave us our credit card tips, so I was living off of just the cash tips. Oh so yeah. There were nights when I was going home with two bucks for tips. Woo. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah, I was like, that's fucking illegal. I had to tell all the patrons. I was like, just leave your cash. I don't want your blankets or your water. Just leave your cash. <laughs> don't give them a credit card tip. Like, just don't tip at all there on the receipt. It's fine. <laughs> Need the cash. Gotta get that cash. <sighs> yeah. Fuck that place. Wait, anyway. I have something for that. All cash, baby. Needless to say, I walked out of that job. Just FYI for what it's worth. Didn't feel like having a legal battle. Was just like, now, nah, not doing this. Not doing this. Fuck them. Fuck them. That's my time. It's worth a lot more money. Yeah. I like money, though. This lady in California likes money, too. She is the owner of a Flintstones-themed house <laughs> in the San Francisco suburbs of Hillsborough. It's pretty epic. There's been walkthroughs filmed, and you can see pictures of the yard and everything. I mean, she's got gigantic dinosaur statues, and she's got Bigfoot there and some aliens, like all sorts of cool statues. Mm -hmm. um, but, of course, uh, the town and neighbors, you know, started, uh, there were complaints about it, and she was issued some stop work orders and asked to remove features of her property, uh, and she didn't. So, she was taken to court by the town, where she then countersued, and they have reached a settlement. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, fuck you. I got, I, got, I got lawyers too, bitch. Exactly. So, um, she has agreed to apply for building permits while the town reviews and approves a survey of landscaping improvements. But she also received $125,000 from the town to drop the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she could have hurt him for even more than that. Exactly. Fuck those motherfuckers, dude. Yeah. And, you know, the gross part about it, though, is that the city has to pay her, but then it's like the taxpayers have to pay her. I mean, yeah. there should be some sort of a... If you're a public servant, finger wag quotes... You should have to carry liability insurance that pays out these fucking screw-ups that you make. That shouldn't be footed by the taxpayers. No. You should be, just like if you drive a fucking car and you're required to have insurance, if you're a public official with the taxpayers' purse strings, you should have to pay out of your own pocket to have liability insurance that covers this kind of shit. The taxpayers getting raked over for it is fucking absurd. 
It ought to be illegal. Yeah, I agree. Because it's not our fault. It's not the taxpayer's fault that these fucking boobs in office do dumb shit, you know? Yeah. And then if, you know, if uh, if somebody fucks up enough and has to make a bunch of settlements, their insurance will go up and they'll be uninsurable and they won't be able to afford to re- retain public office. That That's a goddamn great idea brought to you by Bull After Bull. Could solve so many fucking problems so quickly if you that was it. how it worked. Here first, folks, in the bowl. <laughs> telling you this brandy gives me ideas bro hell yeah man this house is so cool too just look up i mean you probably can just look up flintstone's house and it'd come up but the architecture it was built in i think 1976 and it's like purple and orange like round domes like big boulders on the outside but there's all these small stained glass windows everywhere throughout the house and some of them are shaped like spirals on the ceiling i think that was in the kitchen and yeah just real cool really awesome place and you know i'm all for artsy shit you want to have statues inside outside go for it it's your property you should be able to do what you want if people don't want to look at it they can move no doubt or build a fence or something (laughs) insulate their own yard (laughs) well there's a very slow-moving boat ride at Disney World that also happens to be the second longest of all the attractions. Oh. Uh, and it's called Living with the Land. It takes visitors through the amusement park's greenhouses. And one lady must have been very bored because she ended up jumping off and on the boat four times while someone recorded her that was sitting behind her. Nice. She even tried to seal a cucumber. <laughs> For what nefarious purpose, I wonder. <laughs> I believe she did get the cucumber. <laughs> uh Someone else on the boat had to hop off and help her get back on the boat in that instance, which is the one that went viral. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So, strangely enough, there were no security guards or anything waiting at the end of the ride to, like, give her a talking to. They're like, dude, um, what the... F- most people just sleep on this ride. We've never had this happen. <laughs> Yeah, but um, the person who posted the video said they know they were watching because the voice of God kept coming in over the intercom saying, please keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle. Oh, my God. Please stay inside the vehicle. And she did it four times. (laughs) Now, like, don't get me wrong. I think on the third time, you just have to be like, hey, hey, lady. Yeah. We can see you. Come on. Get your ass back on the boat. Don't touch the fucking cucumbers. (laughs) <laughs> that's stealing just had a hankered for a cuke man yeah just so bored and like oh i just need something to eat oh, a cucumber or just like so bored no oh, i just need something to fill my hole cucumber <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that's a news of the week <laughs> oh yeah but uh Oh, then there were these two naked guys on a beach south of Sydney, Australia. <laughs> and um, Don't oh, you want to see me naked? That's a good thing that beach wasn't covered in mice, because fuck that. But they ended up being spooked by deer. Oh, and they shit. got up and started running into the national park behind this beach. And they got lost. <laughs> It's like an episode of Naked and Afraid, only there's no cameras running and nobody's getting paid. Exactly. So authorities had to come out and rescue their naked asses. Whoops. 
and they ended up being fined 760 bucks for breaking COVID-19 rules. Oh, that's come still on. still a thing under the queen. What do you call a turkey of gutters? Oh, just a bad <laughs> night. A jerky? A jerky. Oh, my Ugh. God. Yeah, I like that. Womp, 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 womp. That was a good, uh, good start to a song or something. <laughs> And then uh, this teenage girl in New York City, uh, she didn't have a much better night. Uh-oh. She had to be rescued from a former bank vault in a clothing store. Because uh, her little brother thought it was a prop and decided it would be funny to push her in and then shut the door. And I guess the door had never been shut because employees and her family found out it wouldn't open up again. Oh my good god. So they had to call 911. A big scene. The fire department had to come down uh, and, you know, make sure she had some breathable fresh air in there. And then they had to break through the wall to free her. It took 90 minutes to break down that wall. (laughs) Dig this. The wall was 18 inches of brick and concrete Mm. because the place used to be a bank. (laughs) So uh, the quote from the firefighter says, we used hammer drills. We used our jaws of life, our cutter. Pretty much any tool that was on our rescue truck we used to get access to this area. So hard. So hard. In the bowl, sir, seat sitter. In the bowl, sir. Sir, sir, seat sitter. Sir, sir, seat city. Um, and then uh, let's go for the last roll. I've got a clip oh, for this clip. last roll. I like clip rolls. I like clip rolls, I like spring rolls, I like egg rolls. This is clip three, I assume. Yes, it is. The clip that comes after. We were always really close growing up. Jake Samuelson is talking about his grandparents, Arnie and Miriam Notkin, who are very involved in the community. Arnie was a PE teacher and coach, Miriam a banker and real estate agent. The Notkins live in apartment 302, Champlain Tower South Condo, the part that collapsed. Jake's family is still waiting to hear from them, or are they hearing from them? Jake says his mother's house line has been receiving calls from the Notkins home line, and this is what they hear on the other end of it. Voicemails with static, no human sound on the other end. The families received a total of 16 calls. The first came in the day the condo collapsed on Thursday, June 24th at around 9.50 p.m. Then when they went to the reunification center Friday morning, more calls, 15 to be exact. Oh my goodness. 16 ghost calls. Yeah, that's the noise. Cause see, what is that? Was it a gutter? Is it a strike? It's a, uh, It's like you roll it down and it just disappeared. This whole thing is very, very spooky. Very spooky. And of course they, you know, asked about how it could be happening and they're just getting passed from uh, one person for answers to another. It's just like, no, don't know. I don't know how it's happened. Oh, it's an mal- electrical malfunction. I'm sure someone's told them it's a glitch by now. Yeah. 16 missed ghost calls. That's so weird, dude. That's so weird. But, hey, you know, we don't know. We don't know I mean, everything. I think, I think the phone lines can facilitate, like, time and other strange dimensional travel. So why couldn't it facilitate uh, your loved ones trying to call you? Yeah, yeah. It's that weird. That's <laughs> so weird because caller ID shows up as them, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. It's their landline number coming in on the phone. Like in the video, they have. But it's in B-roll. a pile of rubble, right? It's in a pile of rubble. Right. Yeah, they were on floor three, so oh my God. they're under and above. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's a wild story. I love stories like that. That's a, that's the last. Uh, that's my last roll for this evening. Oh my. Do we have any more voicemails before we think of our next first time I ever? There's not um, any in the queue, but uh, did we didn't we have one in the on the next up list? Yes. Because I felt like we had two that came in last week. Oh, Miss Carolyn Blaney. Yeah, that's right. Our Friday uh, bold buds guest suggested the first time I ever came in a room. First time I ever came in a room. Yeah, I remember now. Do with it what you will. Yeah. I'm sure the bowlers will be pleased to tell us about the first time they came in a room. Yeah, I, I bet they will. Um, yeah. We expect great stories for this one. Well, we had some great stories today. It was a fun one. Number 90, rounding it out all night. Heck yeah. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for the patience and love for the baby child. Yes, thank He's... you. Especially to the behind the schemes guys last night. <laughs> I tried to whisk him away at one point, you know. It's yeah. like I understand that that kind of thing can be cute, um, but then maybe it can get old because it gets old to me. Yeah, me too. So we're doing our best and uh, raising kids and still bringing you the bowl every week, and uh, we're happy to hear about any kind of feedback. You know, the baby's too much. We can figure something out. Just doing it one show at a time, baby. That's how we roll. You know it. And uh, we're going to see you on Friday night with Carolyn Blaney in the bowl. Leave us some voicemails if you got a question for Carolyn. She'll be here. She'll be nude. She'll be rolling bowls. Until then, uh, I've been Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I've been Dame DeLorean. And until Friday at 9 p.m. Central, may your bowls burn ever brighter. And how we doing? You're not gonna end prohibition by getting arrested. What does your lawyer say? He looks pretty smart. Why do you think they call it dope? <gasps> getting high? The bowl after bowl guys are pushing the value for value so hard. Bowl after bowl dot com. Bowl after bowl dot com.